Welcome back to the Big Life Podcast. My name is Kevin. This is where we use a better business to build a bigger life. Today, we're talking with a longtime friend of mine and uh, my own personal health coach, uh, Marvin Nixon. He's an integrated health coach out of Toronto, Canada, and he's just had some a remarkable journey to get to where he is in business. He's considered one of the top personal uh, trainers and health professionals in Canada. And we're going to talk to him today about transition. How do you transition into your flow, into your purpose? How do you use your path to really get what you want and help people? This is a really great interview. We went live on YouTube and Facebook, and here it is for you now, an interview with Marvin Nixon, Integrated Health Coach. All right, guys, welcome back to the Big Life Podcast. I'm here with Marvin Nixon. He is not only an integrative health coach, but he's my integrative health coach. He's helped me so much with my uh, my health and my wellness and my awareness around myself. Today, what we're doing is we're going to ask him how he got to this point. We're going to hear a lot about his story, and he's probably going to give us some really good insight of things that we're not paying attention to in our health and wellness. Marvin, thank you for being here. Thank you. This is awesome. It, it is. And, and uh one, let's, so let's, let's go back in the beginning. Like how in the world do you become an integrative health coach? How far back in the way back machine do you want to go? I mean, we met, we met in the early nineties Yeah, and working together at a summer camp, college, summer job. And that actually is really where the, uh, that's really where it all starts because, you know, in my life, that was an outdoor active job. And you know, really, you know, molding character of young kids versus, you know, molding the, the health of adults really isn't that different. <laughs> yeah, especially with some of my clients. Uh, not you, not you, not you. Um, I'm kidding there. Um, but you go back and you, you're talking about transitions in life. And my first job out of university, I didn't even try to get the job. Camp Seagull called up and said, you know, do you want to be a director of the off season? And I was like, what? You mean I don't have to like go look for a job after university? I'm in. And, you know, that lasted a little over a year. And the day that that job came to its, you know, to its close, by that evening, another job had fallen into my lap and I was a sales guy uh, selling power boats and, in Durham, North Carolina, you know, right up your way, yeah, where you grew up. Where I grew up, and um, did that, and decided that you know, sales, everything is sales, right? But sales, mm. you know, for whatever reason, wasn't what was exciting me. Boats were, and I decided to go to grad school and get a master's degree in transportation management. But that was an ends to a means to getting a Coast Guard license to really take the boating skills that I'd been learning all of my life and camp really set the seed for that um, and work on the big ships. Went to grad school, moved on, graduated, had a Coast Guard license. My next job, I was up for uh, a job in Norfolk, Virginia, and I was living with another one of our good friends. Um, see if Biggie's even going to listen. And... Um, I, I was working towards getting a job that had been my goal and was the job I wanted to go towards. And my phone rang and it was uh, the union for a shipping company said, we've got a job for you, but you've got to leave today. 
I packed everything in my car, parked my car in the front yard of the house where I was staying and disappeared for six months on a ship because it just fell into my, again, it fell into my lap. And I did that job for quite a while and 9-11 happened. And yep, that's how old, how old I am. And um, I, w- my, I was at home on vacation from the shipping job and was offered a job kind of out of the blue with the US, uh, US Senate Committee on Commerce, Science and Transportation. They needed to do a maritime security law and they were asking me if I wanted to come and be a part of that. And you just don't say no. Right. Suddenly I shifted without, I, I never wanted a job in politics and government and policy. And I shifted towards, towards that. And it was a, you know, I was going to go back to sea. I was going to do this thing. I was going to get my name known in the maritime industry. And I was going to go back to sea in a year or two and fast forward 13 years. And I've been in government. I've worked for, uh, you know, we rolled out part of what we did on this in the Senate was we rolled out the Department of Homeland Security. I ended up with a job there as a maritime security expert. Then I became a transportation security overall expert. And I'm not going to lie, this just happened. Mm. But then I was never looking back in hindsight being 2020. I was never in my flow. I was never in the thing that I love doing. It was all just what kind of came about. And I was in the gym in DC one day and one of the trainers says to me, Robert, you, you know what you're doing here. Why don't you get certified? I was like, why don't I get certified? Bought the books, put them aside, picked them back up a couple of years later, studied them, got certified. And then a friend who owned a small gym said, come work for me in, in the evenings. And I would work my government job all day and then go train a couple of clients every night. And I was floored by how much I loved it. And the, the, when I started, I'll admit, it was like, how am I gonna fill an hour with these people? How am I gonna get an hour worth of exercise to these clients? And it wasn't very long before it was like, oh my God, I've only got an hour? How, how am I gonna get everything we want and need to get these people to their physical goals in, a 50, in 55 minutes to an hour. And that's kind of the base definition of flow. I had stumbled into the job that got me into that flow state. And I loved it. And I, at the time I had, uh, I, I was still in DC, but I'd met who's now my husband. And Chris was living up here in Toronto, which is where I am now. And everything, the timing was, we need to figure out how to be together instead of go long distance. Uh, I was, everything just talking through it. It's like, can you, if I move up there, can you support me while I change careers? Yeah. And, you know, and the answer was, yeah, I had that support. And, and I'm just grateful that I had that support from, from my husband. And there's a great gym company, um, you know, it's, it's Equinox. They hired me in and there is no better place in the fitness industry to learn how to learn fitness, to build your, your knowledge base and move from, from personal trainer to coach than Equinox. It really is. A, it's, it is a fantastic, just the education you get. It, it, 
pretty much unparalleled in the industry, unless you're going to work with professional athletes. Right. And, you know, here I was suddenly working eight, nine, 10 hours a day with clients and, and just the day flew. I, I, I can't really, I'm not going to try to, to gloss over this. If you'd have asked me at 25, the kind of person that was a personal trainer, I would have thought they were just this meathead. <laughs> uh, and maybe the industry changed. And maybe at that point, you know, in, 19, in the 1990s, they were just meathead. Right. Um, but, you know, now I know I work with some of the smartest analytical, scientifically minded people dealing with the most complex thing I can think of working with, which is the human body. And again, the day flies by. I know I'm in the right job mm-hmm. because, because I'm in that flow state. And looking back, I had all of these jobs fall into my lap and I really just took them because they fell into my lap. But I never had a plan. And yeah. once I kind of planned out where I wanted to go, where I was happy going, I wasn't unhappy in my government job by any stretch. I was very happy. But once I put a plan in motion, it, the change is unbelievable. I love the job. I love you know, spending money to spend an entire weekend to learn something new. I love sitting down and figuring out what I'm going to do for the next four weeks with my clients on the, on, on the physical side. But what happened to Equinox was they actually put the, the, the seed into my brain that there's more than personal training. That's where, and you know, we as trainers probably need to evolve into coaches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but you know, for, for the people who are listening who aren't coaches, a personal trainer comes in and says, what are we going to do for this hour to get you to a physical goal? You want to get, you want, you want to lose a little weight. You want to get a little bigger. You know, we're going to spend a couple hours a week working on that. A coach says, where do you want to go? And like a stage coach, which is the root of the word, we're going to figure out how to get you there. And the minimal amount of time in the week that we spend together we're going to figure out how if, if we spend two or three hours a week together, there's 165 more hours in the week. We need to make sure that the obstacles towards your big picture goals are being removed through all 168 hours of the week. And that's where coaching is exciting. That's where coaching is fun. And um, that's, that's the next step in the career, right? So we've had this, was that long-winded enough? We've had this long transition from being in university and doing the job that fell into my lap to doing the job that I thought I was supposed to do mm. to doing the job I want to do. Yeah. And it's a world of difference in doing the job you want to do in where you want to be day in and day out. Where do you think you, if you had not um, sort of had that realization, you know, that opportunity to kind of discover what puts you in that flow state. And I'll ask you about that in a minute, but where do you think you'd be today? Driving emails, yeah, I would probably never have left the comfort zone. I'll tell you what, a government job is incredibly comfortable. You know, you work eight to five, you make good money. You know, it's comfortable. I would have probably stayed comfortable, but instead, I took a risk that led to comfort down the road, right? Happiness, 
mm. fulfillment. Mm. Yeah, that's a big word. I think a lot of people strive for that the fulfillment and purpose are big words that come up in at least in in my business. Uh, and people want that. And then you kind of map out what that looks like. And, you know, the, you, the two steps back to take four steps forward kind of mentality. You know, you had to look at your husband and say, hey, here's here's my plan. Uh, there's definitely a period of time of zero coming in because I've got to one, move to a new country and two, uh, change careers completely uh, of something that I, I know I love, but I'm not fully equipped to do at a high level yet. Um, yep. so coming up with, with that process, I feel like that process is what people fear the most is they're not willing to do the one year back to do the rest of their life forward. You know, looking back, if you, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice in that moment, what, what would it be? That really is a great question. And to, yeah, to not be afraid of that zero income, to not be afraid that, it's probably going to take a year, year and a half to get back up to speed, to get a passable income coming back in. But don't let the income hold you back. What was it Cam Newton said this week about his new salary? You know, there's, there's, there's more to it than, than the paycheck. Now, it's a job and the paycheck is important. Right. But so is, you know, for whatever individual needs you have if you want more work-life balance take the leap to the job that gives you the work-life balance if if you want um well yeah let's go with work-life balance you know what i because i was about to say if you want a bigger salary but i really how many people have ever said i'm only doing this for the salary well after they've been in something for a few years mm -hmm. I, i've never met anyone who that mindset doesn't change yeah, I agree. And I think that's something that people, the the money early on, I think is a big, you know, be stable. We're conditioned to be stable, be predictable, you know, get a good job, uh, put your time in, work hard, climb the ladder, whatever the verbiage is around what we're supposed to be doing. And then there is a point where the point of diminishing return, where we realize that the paycheck's not worth the time I'm putting in. I'm missing uh, my spouse. I'm missing my partner. I'm missing my life. I'm missing the things I enjoy. I haven't had a vacation in uh, five years or what, you know, whatever the scenario is. So I want you, can you describe to me when you say flow state, like for yeah. me, that sounds really, uh, it sounds really like I'm in the zone, like I'm on the court or something like that. So give me a little clue. What do you mean by flow state? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's actually a scientific thing in our brain. And, and, you know, some people think of flow state that's so hooey that's, you know, you're some sort of yoga, meditation thing that you get into but what flow state really is is you're doing something challenging and the hours go by and you've been able to be focused without really thinking about it you're in you're in the zone the zone flow state whatever you want to call it but you are able to tackle the things you need to do without you know too many distractions and without I, the real thing is like when you look up and you're like Wow, I thought that wouldn't be a lot of fun, and three hours have gone by, and I, I, where did it go? And I, I, that's the sign that you're in something that's got your entire brain clicked in. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, I worked with uh, Tim Glover last year. He was the uh, trainer for Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and Dwayne Wade and a few of those guys. And he talks about this. He talks about Jordan being able to go in the zone. He called it the zone, but it seems similar. 
being able to, to go in the zone uh, almost on command. And some days, you know, during the playoffs and things like that, like he would rarely come out of it. And it was because he, he didn't say it was because of his physical ability. He said it was because he was doing what he was always destined to do. Like he was just doing that thing he was here for, right? He was, he was doing the thing that was fun and he, yeah, and he was built for, and it became his job. Is everyone going to be that, A, that lucky? Right. And B, you know, it takes a special person to actually be able to turn on the zone or the flow state at will. I think even most athletes on the, on the pro level, 100%. they have a routine that gets them into the flow state. They, yeah. show up at the, you know, they show up at the stadium court, whatever, so many hours early. They do things in an exact order which right. some people would look at and be like, oh, that's superstition. Well, no, but it gets them into, it gets their brain engaged through a routine. And you move through and then you get into the flow state. However, for most of us, you're going to just kind of stumble into it. And I think you have to be just as aware of when you're doing things that don't get you into that flow state so that yeah. you can see what needs to change. What impact do you think the flow state has on your mental health? As someone who's been through, kind of been in that position of going through the motions or having a job that was good, not necessarily unhappy, but not didn't do it for you. Like, do you think the being in the flow state has a, has a great impact on overall mental health, or is that something we can control more? Yeah, I, I think it does because you're doing something that makes you that brings you enough joy that you're able to do it without watching the clock. And that really does impact that, that mental health. Uh, yeah. That doesn't mean that, you know, that something that you find, every job is gonna have its mundane parts. If you're in flow state once a week, you're, you're probably doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, so the mundane things have to happen, but keeping in mind that the mundane things are part of the process that makes the things that are fun be allowed to happen, you, you know, you have to, be willing to take the good and the bad. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, I coach around that too. It's if you enjoy 20% of what you're doing on a level that you would do it for free, you understand you're gonna have to tolerate the other 80%. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just, it's the, the, the truth of the matter is. Um, so one of the things you, you mentioned as you were talking about is it is that routine of getting into the flow state for a lot of athletes. And that's not all, all uh, and it you you and I have talked about this about our nighttime routines, our morning routines and things like that. And it really kind of mirrors that kind of, that kind of mentality. Like when I, when we crafted my nighttime routine, if you don't know about nighttime routine, we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, when we crafted that, it very much was in preparation for what I, knowing what I know after this conversation, in preparation for a flow state, which is sleep. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep's the ultimate flow state. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, yeah. It really, you're, you're, can't even get into the science of sleep. There's just so much going on when you're sleeping. Right. Um, yeah, and absolutely. And the the routine part, the having step A, step B, step step C to get you to a goal, I, that's really a key to, to coaching. It's like when I come in and I and I'm coaching a client, they they know that there's something they need to do. They know everyone on the if, if you don't know that smoking is bad for you i think this is the ultimate example and I, I i'm stealing this from everyone else that's ever used it everyone knows smoking is bad for them right but what they don't know is the process to quit mm -hmm. and they don't know how to build 
the routine. They need to break a routine and build a routine to allow them to quit often. And, you know, for sleep, it's like, you know, I'm just, I can't make myself go to bed at a certain time that I know I need to go to bed. And okay, what's getting in the way of getting in the bed then? That's the coach's role is to guide you towards the things you want to do, not to do the things for you that you want to do. Yeah, that's that's super important. You know, I think I think one of the things that you showed me by by working with you is, you know, everybody's kind of different. Meaning, uh, if you and I went out and we decided, hey, we're going to bench press every day for thirty minutes, right? Whether that's healthy or not, it's probably not. But <laughs> whether that's healthy or not is. But you and I, we're going to bench press and we're going to bench press the same weight for thirty minutes. Uh, is it fair enough to say you and I would get two separate results? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, every human is different. And that's actually a great example because you said, you know, hey, will that be healthy? Right. If someone comes to me as a trainer and says, and this happens, all I want to do is bench press. Right. I, it took me forever to learn. I probably only learned within the last year or two. That's that person's goal. That's what that person values. That's the vision they have for where they want to go. Yep. What do I need to do to make that happen for them and get them some of the other things they need based on you know all the assessments we do and everything. But if someone comes in and you have to work with their vision, I, I have to be completely, my vision for them has nothing to do with their vision for themselves. And I, I completely have to go to their vision for themselves. Now, if it's unhealthy, there may need to be some education there and have, you know, have the conversations of, okay, why are we doing this? What's, what's really behind, what do you really want? Because, because then someone come in and say, yeah, I want to bench press because, you know, I just want a bigger chest. There's something more. 99% of people, there's, there's something behind that. And that's what you really have to get to. And that's the goal you're going for. Yeah. And most people say, well, that's what I did the summer, this before spring break 92, I'd bench yeah. press, but I look fantastic. And I looked good, and I was also nineteen. Right? Yeah, that's, that's what I knew back then, and this is and this is what I and so I'm going to rely on that to to do the same thing for me. You know, when you look when you look back through your career, like you've done a lot of really interesting things and and amazing things, um, whether they fell in your lap or not. I think self awareness is a big thing, and so being aware in all those jobs. And I remember I've known you long enough. I remember when didn't you sail a boat to Ireland for something in school one time or something? So that was grad school, and that was yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that was uh, the school ship, the training ship, Empire State uh -huh. Six, and yeah, that was learning to drive a ship. And uh, yeah, and then I did, you know, drive car carriers and some cargo ships around uh, the Atlantic as well. But yeah, that was a really big shift from summer camp counselor, summer camp director, boat <laughs> sales guy to hey, I think I'm going to go do this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. How supportive is your husband of, uh, of what you're doing now? I mean, he's got to be kind of proud and glad you're living in the same city at least. And <laughs> I, I, I'm actually pretty sure that, that, that he's proud and he's incredibly supportive. You know, yep. it's, it is not, I'm not on the path that I think anyone's father thinks, you know, you should go you know, be a personal trainer and a coach. What is a coach? And, right. you know, go get that desk job, go work at that bank, go be a lawyer, go be a doctor. And you know, I'm 
could have done those things, but would I be, would I have the lifestyle where there is a little bit of freedom instead of having to be in the hospital 24 hours, seven days a week? You know, yeah. that's the trade-off. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I, th I think having that support system, you know, you, you alluded to it earlier, you know, especially through the transition, but even so, even more so after uh, you've transitioned in the careers, that support system is, is, I think it's really key. You know, my wife and I, we have that for each other, at least from my side, we do. I have to ask her about it. I'm pretty sure she'd say the same. You know, I'm not sure your husband Chris would would say the same thing about about you. You know, as far as supporting him and his aspirations. You know, when you when you look back, you know, had you kept the job, how do you feel like support from someone who loves you deeply, knowing that you probably had more in the tank or you weren't fulfilling your purpose or you weren't feeling fulfilled? Do you think that has any kind of impact on a relationship? I'm I'm absolutely sure that in a lot of relationships, something that's driving, you know, is when one spouse feels the other one isn't living up to some sort of made up potential. Yeah. Um, that's yeah, that's definitely not our situation. It's what are we doing? What are our dreams? How are we going to get there? And uh, and support each other along the way. Uh, I I've been very very fortunate, and that's what. You know, my parents are, you know, yeah. I'm, my mom's a cancer survivor and my dad's an oncologist. And it's interesting seeing him kind of have to take off the, I'm a cancer doctor role and yeah. be the, the most supportive, incredible, you know, spouse to someone who's sick that I could ever imagine seeing someone be. And isn't that what we signed up for is, you know, that's, supporting that's the other person? That's the dream, right? You, that's you, the dream. Yeah, yes. you want that. You you kind of hope you're getting into that. And uh, I, I think, you know, I know you have that and, and you, know, you definitely learned that behavior uh, from watching your parents and saying, there's the kind of husband I would like to be. Here's the kind of partner I would like to be. There's the kind of man I would like to be, you know, friend, like all of that kind of transcends relationships. It kind of just becomes, this is the kind of person I want to be. Uh, I want to be someone who's despite my role. And, and I think that's, for me, I've known that about you for a long time. And I think, you know, I haven't known that about myself a long time, oddly enough. You know, so this element of self-discovery as you go, because I've always been a great friend. I've, you know, when I was younger, I was very selfish and um, and all of that played into now me being in my purpose. So I think when, when you look back over your career, you know, I don't think you'd be who you are today doing what you're doing today without all of those things that fell in your lap and without all the experiences, because I, you know, we believe the same thing that everything is a culmination. Everything's everything stacked up adds up to who you are today. But, you know, you know, as we look forward now, uh, it's easy to look back and go, Oh, I learned this. I got that. I regret this. I don't regret that. It's really easy to look back and say all those things. And that's what we kind of have to condition ourselves is to let go of those things or move past those things or whatever. Uh, for you, you probably have people that say, yeah, I haven't worked out in 30 years. Probably should have. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, every, every day. Because, but you bring up such a good, such a good point, like regret. And yeah, I'll open up. Like I, I sort of glossed over. There was this job when I lived in Virginia Beach that I, you know, that I wanted. It was, it was my dream job. It was the reason I went to grad school. It was the reason I learned. Uh, I took my seamanship skills to a level that I did, and learned how to drive a ship, and got an unlimited license uh, to to drive ships, I wanted to be something called a harbor pilot. 
really short, the harbor pilot brings ships across the ocean, and that last little bit, the harbor pilot goes out, meets the ship um, with the boat, goes up to the bridge, and directs the captain on how to bring the ship the rest of the way in. They're experts in their local knowledge. That was the job I knew I wanted. They, they're high esteem in the in the industry, paid well, cool job. Tell people you're a harbor pilot. It's like, ooh, that's cool. And my roommate from grad school is a harbor pilot in Charleston. And now looking back, maybe it wasn't such a good fit. It's mm. what I wanted. But, you know, my flow, and talking about that again, it's, you know, the coaching and the personal training part really comes down to helping people. It really comes down to serving people to get them to, um, to, to where they want to be in their in the health side of their life, at least, which flows into every other part of their life. And go back to our job at working at summer camp counselors. You know, we were serving kids and their parents to mold character into kids. We weren't just babysitting for four weeks. We were teaching kids to be adults. And if I'd have just been driving a ship, that's uh, that working with people part just didn't part of it. Yeah. And I would have gone down that path and somehow accidentally I veered off that path and I would probably have never realized that my calling was helping people. Right. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where having a little bit of guts, having a little bit of courage and a little faith in you and your ability to learn and some support, you know, be it in your husband or your, um, you know, family, uh, whatever it is, I think that's where it comes, really comes down, you know, and I know there are a lot of people in our world that are thinking of transitioning now, you know, with COVID and everything that's come up, people being furloughed, people being fired and, um, you know, certain careers now not being what they once were. Um, I know a lot of people are thinking of transitioning now or, or even ex executing the on their, their desire to transition. And so it really is a story of no matter when you do it, it's that you do it and that yeah. you do it in a calculated manner. And then you're not just moving laterally. Like you have some sort of I, I know I would like this. I don't know how much I would like this. I just know that I would like this. You know, you and I both experienced that. Like I knew I wanted to be a coach when the first time I realized there were things as coaches, I was like, oh, a lady speak on stage. I was like, how do I do that? Like I you were videoing the coaches, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was completely yeah. job. So I was basically yeah. in this analogy, I was driving the boat. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> so, so it really is that. So there, there is an element of courage and guts that you have to have, but uh, I, I think looking back, it is that support structure that that really, really does it. Um, so shifting gears now. So as as we we move through, one of the things that's important to me. So now I have transitioned, and one of the things that's important to me is to operate at a higher level. Um, how do I cognitively, you know, uh, energetically, all the yeah. things. And so that's kind of where you cross my path uh, again, and we kind of um, you know kind of met, and I, I I just love the work that that we do, and it's super effective. Uh, you know, and so everything. And I was talking about this earlier. I was speaking with a group of entrepreneurs. I was talking about the work we do and how we have to shift things. Right. I've started right. You know, I've ridden my bike 150 miles this month. I didn't do that last month. So some things have to shift a little bit from diet to sleep. Some things have to shift and we, we can't be afraid of that. You know, as you look forward, as you look around your landscape, what are some of the things that people are neglecting in their health process. I don't want to say journey because I think that's that's I don't know why I have an version to that. But what are what are things people are neglecting that are just kind of behind the scenes? Like obviously people know they need to work out. Obviously people know they need to eat right. 
Those are two yeah. big things. What are some things that are kind of lurking down there that are maybe doing people harm? It's a really like good question for right now because I am I, I'm going down the sleep rabbit hole these days, um, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to go out and get more sleep if they're getting enough. Right. right? So I think that big thing is like we have this. Uh, our culture says sleep when you're dead, and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sleep is when our brains clean, clean itself, when our muscles rebuild, when our digestive system really gets to work, and everything comes together when we sleep. And, and I joke, and I've joked this with, with my clients before, it's like, if someone looks at their phone and their battery bar is low, they will jump, they will push people over to get their phone to a plug but they won't go to bed at night. Right. And our bodies have the exact same little thing saying, hey, we're tired, we need to re-energize, we need to recharge. And nutrition too. You gotta have the, the nutrition and sleep pillar to build off of so that everything else can build. You're not gonna, you're not gonna run a marathon if you're sleeping poorly. Well, you can. You're not gonna run a marathon well if you're sleeping poorly and eating poorly. You're not gonna run your business if you just, get to two o'clock every day and bonk and like, Oh, I need coffee. I need a nap. I need whatever. Well, great. That's going to get you through the next three hours, four hours, 10 hours. But why, why are you in that position where you can't focus during the day? And you go out and last thing on sleep, just think about your day when you've had a really bad night's sleep for whatever reason, and you're staring at the computer screen, and it's like, oh, oh, I just accidentally hit control alt delete twice. Oh, that was no good. And it's like you, how you it's a, it's hard to focus on the mundane tasks, on the simple things. How yeah. are you going to work at a high level? Yeah. Without that recharge for seven to nine hours as science says we need. Yeah. Right. And that's, I think that's what that's what we don't think about. You know, we're in my in my world, it's a hustle and grind mentality. You know, the assumption is the harder you work, the more successful you'll be. Um, I think the same is true in your world. You know, the more you work out, the stronger you'll be. Not true. The more hurt you'll probably be. <laughs> You're more likely to be injured than you are to to get to your health goal or to your to your wellness goal. You know, and I, I think that's something we we have to take that advice and put it into our business as well. Put it into our relationships. You know, if you never show up for your partner, you're never going to show up. They're they're never going to show up for you, right? And if you don't, yeah. And if you don't take care of your health, it's not going to show up for you. Right. It, it, it's all the same. Yeah. Take, it care, take care of the little things and the big things will fall into place. Yeah, it is. It is that little shift, you know, and I don't know if you remember this, but I, I, a few years ago I was running, I was running half marathons and I was having this, uh, I was having some trouble with my hips and joints. And so I, of course I called you, I think this was six or seven years ago. Yeah. Yep. Um, I remember well. Um, and one of the things you told me, one, you said, uh, one, you're not strong enough. So it wasn't about how far I could run. It was about I wasn't strong enough to run 13.1 miles. And 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 it was and then it was stretching and then it was the rollers and then it was diet, you know, uh, olive oils and things that really help lubricate your joints as you run. So all this all these things that you knew that were just I was like, I don't need to be strong. I just need to run far. And you're right. Like, Actually, there's a lot of work that goes on behind the curtain that puts on the show. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, do marathoners go out and run 
what is it, 23 point, whatever, 26 miles, whatever it is, right. every day. No, they don't. They don't. They taper. Yep. They build. They have rest days. Yep. And, you know, um, Kawhi Leonard, right, wherever he plays now, but was up here in Toronto, mm-hmm. everyone kind of made fun of him that he doesn't play that many minutes. But it was the realization from his strength and conditioning coaches and his coaches and himself that he will play better in short bursts if he gets the regeneration in between. Yeah. So he can, he can take care of himself and go out and score three, five, whatever, you know, taking three pointers, a couple of, you know, and come back in and then go out and do it again. And he will score more points across the game than if he stays in and is just too beat to score at all. Yeah. 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 I use that same thing in business. You know, we can generally achieve more in a highly effective three hours than we can a scheduled eight. Yeah. So meaning if you're on task, if you're rested, you're on point, your brain's working fine, you're not tired, your energy's high, uh, you, you know exactly what to do. Give yourself three hours. You can achieve in that three hours what you were allocating eight to do. Um, so that's how I translate that into my world. I found I've proven that true time and time again in myself and in clients. You probably have as well. Um, and so I really think it is that mindset shift of I'm not thinking of the things I don't know. So why am I not? I'm, I'm moving my body. I'm eating right. Why am I not achieving my goals? Well, you're not sleeping. And not only that, but there's all this other stuff that you don't know that you're not doing either. You know, and so it re- that, that really has been the real gift that you've given me is to kind of pull the curtain back and say, you know, I cook six, seven nights a week. I use avocado oil. I use all the, all the stuff they say you should use for a man who's my age, 46 years old, uh, in relative health. You know, I, I eat well enough, you know, better than most for, the, my, for the, the people my age. So why am I not achieving my goals? And it really was this idea of, well, you know, you're not sleep. You're, you're not sleeping a lot. And then on top of that, you're not sleeping well when you do sleep. Right. right. So what do we do to get you there? I think right. you know, our worlds are a little, a little bit different. They're, yeah, they're only a little bit different. But I came to you as a business coach because I didn't know how to make a logo, build a website. <laughs> I, I really didn't know. Right. A health coach, if you don't know that you need to eat your vegetables, you're from another planet. You're not paying attention. You're living under a right? rock. You may not like them. That's, that's a different right. issue. That's right. You may not know how to cook them. That's a different issue. Those are knowledge. They, you know, cook, knowing how to cook the vegetables, that's a knowledge thing. But you know you need them. Right. So my role is to guide you towards, okay, what do, you, what do we need to do to do these things you know you need to do? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think um, that's yeah, it is. It is. So I think um, I think that's just it, you know, and that's why we need people in our lives. That's why we need relationships. That's why we need uh, coaches. That's why we need support. That's what, you know, that, that's if you could do it on your own, you already would have. Right. If, if you're over the age of 30 and you've got a goal and you're, you haven't done it, you could do it on your own. But if you could, you probably already would be on your way or there'd be some kind of element that shows you that you're on the right path. And I think that's the challenge that we get into transitions in business, get in transitions in life. And it really comes in, get someone in your team, get someone in your corner that knows what you don't because you'll figure it out eventually or you'll die trying or you can hire someone who's an expert and says, no, let's start here. And I can tell you over the last three weeks, my energy is already is uh, pivoting and trending up 
you know, um, and, and the, the funny thing is I know what to do now on a deeper level. And I know when I don't do it, what, like I, I couldn't sleep last night. So what I do, I just, I turn my alarm off and I slept longer this morning, you know? And you realize that that's what it takes yeah. to be optimal the next day. Yeah. Three months ago, I would have said, no, I'm still waking up at five. I just, it, it sucks that I lose sleep, but I'm still waking up at five. Last night I'm going to bed. It is around 1145, which is hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes past my, my time. But I said, instead of waking up at 530, I'm going to wake up at when I wake up. Yeah. You, made it the other way. you said something, you know, I'm going to do this or I'm going to die. Try it. Yeah. Well, you know, from the fitness and health side. Yeah. You, you need to make the transition to eating well, sleeping enough. Or there's a very, I'm not, you can't say there's a guarantee you're going to get sick, but it, those health outcomes, you're very more, much more likely to get sick. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'll go back to smoking. I had someone tell me it's like, you know, if I smoke, there's only a 25% chance that I'll get lung cancer. That's right. There's a one in four chance you'll get lung cancer from smoking. There is a one in 20 chance you get lung cancer if you don't smoke. Right. So, <laughs> so you know, let's roll it out. out. My numbers might be wrong there, but it, it is like a very small chance that you will get lung cancer if you don't smoke versus a very big chance you will get it if you do smoke. You may not get it. Oh, I know this guy. He drank and smoked every day, lived 110. Yeah. Do you know why you're talking about him? Because he's the only one that did that. Right. What right. was his name? I don't know his name. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That guy we all heard about. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. on the internet. Yeah. yeah. That's, right. good <laughs> That's good yeah. stuff. So I think when we, you know, wrapping up, I think the, the idea is one, uh, you're a heck of a, of a coach, you're a heck of a health coach. You know, it's not just about lifting weights. It's not just about eating lettuce. Uh, there's a lot more that goes into it. And that's kind of where the secret is the secret sauce. It's, you know, I have, I'm not training for the Olympics. I'm not, uh, I have no desire to run a marathon or even a half marathon at this point. It does me more harm than good. Um, what I do have a desire to do is create longevity. And I do have a desire to, um, be available for my son when he wants to throw the baseball and, I have a desire to uh, be as healthy as I can for as long as I can. And I think, you know, you really brought brought you into my world and said, well, let me help you achieve those things and let me just get some information. And then we started talking about things that I didn't think we would be talking about. And that has been the biggest benefit. So how does someone get a hold of you? How, do, how can we find you? Where's a good place for us to go see what uh, Marvin Nixon's all about? Yeah. Two sides of this. I, you know, if, if you are, uh, in Toronto, I, I do train and coach at Equinox. So you can go to Equinox Fitness, uh, just Google that. Um, and then if you're not in Toronto or you're not an Equinox member, uh, you can email me, Marvin, at nixonhealthcoaching.com or just go to nixonhealthcoaching.com. It's N-I-X-O-N, healthcoaching.com. And you can reach me through there. That website's still a work in progress. Can you give me a little break when you go look at it? Um, but you know, I, I'd like to close with what, repeating what you just said, because I think most people at some point in their life have exactly the realization you just had. They want to have a health span that is nearly as long as their lifespan. And doing that requires really you know, making a shift. And if that shift is doing something in the gym, how you eat or going out and getting out of a job that's making you miserable and causing stress, you know, for, for the health ones, come see me, reach out. I just gave you a thing. And for the business ones, Kevin's your man. So, 
<laughs> yeah. And it's, it's true. It really is. Thank you so much for your time today. I, I think you're just, you're, I, I consider you uh, an expert and a genius in what you do. Uh, I know you would never say that about yourself, but I'm going to say that about you knowing, knowing you as long as I've known you and working with you on a professional level. Uh, I, I really think it's important to have people like you in not only in my life, but in the world. Uh, the reason I say that is because you have fought it out and you have figured it out, not just from a health standpoint, but from a, a man standpoint, from a spouse standpoint, from uh, a good human standpoint. You know, you've done a lot of great things and you realize that those great things really uh, weren't doing it for you. And so you you had the guts to make the move. So thank you for being here and sharing your story. Really appreciate it. I think it'll help a lot of people. Thank you for letting me join your ramblings. Yes. And anytime doors open. So the Thank you for being here today. That was a great interview with Marvin. He's uh, really does amazing work as far as analyzing sleep, nutrition, health, your exercise, your movements, everything. So reach out to him if you have any questions. He does virtual clients. If you live in Toronto or Toronto area, please reach out to him live at the Equinox Gym. And I want to mention something coming up. We have the Six Figure Schedule Summit coming up. And basically what we're doing is this is a recorded session where we go through strategies and practices for your schedule to help you make more money in less time. Time is the one thing we don't get back. So pay attention to that. Get on kevinhoover.org. If you have any questions, feel free to sign up, join us. And always the big life event coming up in April, 12 people. We have half of the spots remaining, 12 people, four adventures, three days, one house. It's going to be awesome. Thank you guys for being here on The Big Life, where we build a better business to build a bigger life. This is Kevin. See you next time.